Welcome to another inspiring sister's message. We hope you are blessed by this ministry. It's wonderful, our theme this year. I mean, we had a conference for seven or eight years called Light Up Your Life, but as I said before, it's a theme that can never be exhausted, and the stars are just an amazing, wonderful thing for me tonight because I love the verse in Philippians that came up on the screen where Paul speaks of us as Christians being stars that shine in a dark universe, amen? We even have our tops this month with stars on it. Can you believe it? So... Let's get to it. You know, long before our culture had GPS, even atlases or maps, uh, previous generations used to look at the stars to navigate, uh, to get to places. And it's as if the stars were pointing them in a direction that they were supposed to go. And that's how it was many, many centuries ago. We're very blessed now with GPS and everything else. But, you know, I love stars. And I remember as, as a little girl lying on my back often and just staring at the stars. I was just in, in awe of the stars and trying to count it. I'm sure many of you have done that as well. You know, and stars are also known to be diamonds in the sky. And that kind of tickles our fancy because we girls and we like bling things. Look at, <laughs> I see bling right before my eyes. Uh, we like shiny things, don't we? And so uh, it, it appeals to us. And, you know, Jesus is the bright and morning star. And we know that when the star of Bethlehem came into the sky, it pointed the wise men to where Jesus was, which suggests that stars point people in a direction. And, you know, that star pointed those wise men to, to the Savior. And, um, you know, and now we are likened to be stars, and I love that. I don't know about you. I've had a new, fresh revelation about it. I'm, don't, don't worry, I'm not getting into the star signs, and I'm not getting all spooky. We will be fully grounded in the word of God, but you know what? In a spiritual sense, if we are shining as the stars, as Paul says, we too are very privileged to be pointing people in the direction of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? There's a purpose. To, to shine as a star bright in the sky in this dark universe has a purpose. It's to bring people to Jesus and to bring glory to God. That's really the focus. It's not about us. It's about the focus being on our Lord Jesus. You know, I love what it says in Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. It says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever. Isn't that beautiful? Don't you just love the word of God? Now, if we look at the verse in Philippians, which, by the way, came up on the screen, we need to look at the full context. You know, Pastor Andre has always taught us that we should never take a verse in isolation to suit what we wanted to say, but we should look at the, the, the whole passage. We should look at the context. And this cute little verse that appeals to us, this blingy thingy, uh, is tucked right in the middle 
of a whole lot of other verses that challenges us as well as encourages us. And so um, the Apostle Paul writes to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 2 from verse 2 to 16. And the message tonight is shining brightly. Shining brightly. It says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not uh, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trem- trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. I'm going to try and unpack that for you and just by starting before our first thought this evening is that Paul here is a leader, but he's, he's coming across as a parent. He's basically saying, I'm leaving you guys at home. Now, behave yourselves. I, I, I'm leaving you to yourselves, but you're mature and you have character. And so now don't let yourselves down and don't let me down. And you know, character means to act a certain way when no one is watching. It is so important that if we want to shine like stars in the universe, that we don't project another persona that's not the real us, but that we're actually the same who we are at home and that we are in public and even on the road, may I dare say. Especially with all this load shedding. You know, it's so dangerous on the road now. You, You know, you get so used to coming to traffic lights that don't exist and you have to wait. Uh, that I've noticed, and and I I mean, it's very easy to, when you get to an actual traffic light that's actually working, you forget that you're not supposed to actually be going. You're supposed to be waiting. It's so confusing. All right. So let's look at the first thought this evening. Number one, work out your salvation. Work and salvation don't seem to be two words that should be together in one sentence. Am I right? Is not salvation free? Yes. Do I have to work for it? No. But Paul is not saying you need to work for your salvation. He is saying work out your salvation. Cooperate with God, your Father. Amen? Because he started a work in you. Start figuring this thing out. How? Well, be plugged in. It's the best way I can put it. Don't float in and out, Easter, Christmas, conference, goodbye. Be under the word. Figure this thing out. Ask questions. Ask, where does it say this? Sometimes when people ask me that, I say, don't you read your Bible? Because what they're actually asking is the naughty stuff that they should know about already. Amen? No, figure it out. Um, And then I have a few sub points under working out our salvation. The first one is, you know, don't skip the work out. Don't skip the work out. 
Uh, uh, sorry, the first one is that is not don't skip the workout. The first one is work towards Christ-likeness. That's sanctification. Work towards it, work towards it. Put your mind, say to yourself, I'm going to gear myself and focus on what it means to be more like Christ because we are meant to become more like him, amen? And I looked up the generic and general meaning of sanctification. Not, I didn't even go to a concordance, just to a general uh, place where you can find meanings. And I was surprised to find that the meaning is saying exactly what I wanted it to say. It says, the state of proper functioning set apart for the use intended by the designer. Oh, my word. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Find out what our designer intended for us to be and to do on the planet. Amen. And then the second one, don't skip the workout. It is a workout. It's a bit like gymming. You know, there's sweat, there is work. It's not always easy, it's tough. It, is, it takes discipline. It takes spiritual discipline to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus, amen? And then number three, let your salvation grow legs. Grow up in maturity. Don't always be drinking the milk of the word. Move on to the meat of the word, to the toughest stuff, amen? And, and then begin to grow up into maturity. Show character. Don't fall back into old habits. Don't go back to your old life. You've kicked that behind you. You've kicked the old habits, amen? Um, and, and keep figuring out the salvation because it is a vast and it is a big deal. It is a big deal. You know, Paul uses an image that is also found in the writings of a Greek named Strabo. Pastor Andre, have you heard? I thought I'd impress you with this part of my message tonight. <laughs> have you heard of this man called Strabo? <laughs> so he was a Greek man, a contemporary of Jesus. And Strabo said the Romans worked out the great silver mines of Spain getting all they could from the depths of the mines. And Paul seems to be saying that the Christian must mine the riches of salvation, not casually or flippantly, but with a sense of what is at stake. Eternity is at stake. Abundant life is at stake. Amen? And so it is just so important that we get as much as we can and get to understand this great, such a great salvation that has been brought on our behalf. Number two, yes, work out your salvation, but work it out with fear and trembling. That's what it says. Well, fear and trembling? Seriously? Isn't fear of the devil? And didn't we see during COVID on all the Instagram and Facebook posts, faith over fear? Yes, we did. And we did need to have faith over fear. But I'm not talking about that kind of fear. Amen? I'm not talking about that. It has to do with taking the things of God seriously. Amen? It is recognizing the magnitude of our salvation. 
and the task before us, amen? And recognizing that, you know, God paid, allowed a great price to be paid for our salvation. And so let's not take our salvation for granted. According to the word, fear and God go together. Let me read to you from Proverbs 19. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You know, um, I don't know uh, if, if I saw it like watching a Christian movie or something uh, a while back, but I, I, it stood out to me, something that was happening in this movie, and the person said to the other person, don't you fear God? And I just realized again, that's really what it boils down to. Obedience has got a healthy fear of who God is. Like people like to say, you know, God is God. We are not. Amen. Hebrews 10, 31 to 32 says, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated... You, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. You know, being a Christian includes suffering. We are living in a very woke world today, and Christianity can be a very dirty word because we're so old school and we're so behind the times, and that's okay. You can call me what you want. I care more about what God thinks of me than what people think of me. Fear is about awe and respect. And, but it's also so much more. And when God appeared to people, if you read in the Word, you often read, you know, God appeared or the angel, not even God himself, the angel of the Lord appeared and these people just fell flat on their faces. Amen? Because it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. They could not even stand his presence. William Gurnall wrote, we fear men so much because we fear God so little. Take that in for a moment. Oswald Chambers, the remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Isn't that interesting? The fear of God brings power into us. Amen? It empowers us, this healthy respect, this awe that we have for God. Our God is an awesome God, and we must acknowledge the immense power of God over us, or we will miss out on his power working through us. Amen. Number three, God will enable us. You know, we are not on our own struggling to work this out. That's not the heart of God. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to enable you. I'm going to empower you. Amen. And we can, you know, we can do what we need to do with his help. It says in that same passage, verse 13, from the NLT this time, it says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. Now, I've got a glove here tonight, and this glove represents us. It's pretty, isn't it? It can be useful. It has a purpose, but it means nothing if the hand doesn't go into it. 
then it becomes, it has substance, it becomes useful. And that is what happens when the Holy Spirit fills our lives. We are like empty without him. We empty, we know we're empty with God. We always say that, I was so empty. Emptiness is a godless life. But when God comes into our lives and when the Holy Spirit fills us, we get functionality. We, we, we do what we were supposed to do, like this glove is supposed to be on my hand. It's supposed to keep me warm. It's supposed to protect my hand. And I can still do a whole lot of things. I can still pick up things. I can still hold things. And that is how God enables us. Amen? He won't leave us on our own to struggle working this thing out, figuring this thing out. He brings revelation uh, from his word. He speaks to us. He uses his Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit energizes us, enabling us to desire and do what pleases God. I think one of our prayers on a daily basis should be, Lord, fill me so that, Lord, I have a new revelation of who you are every single day. Lord, I delight to do your will. Help me to keep it up. Amen? I delight to do your will. Well, that is how we're going to shine brightly in this dark universe. Amen? Number four, what it means to shine like stars. I'm going to try and give you some context here. Philippians 2, again, 14 to 15, the New King James Version this time. I like using the different versions after I've quoted one version. It says, do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Now, Paul is speaking in the context of how we relate to one another. Isn't that so? He's speaking to us as believers, and he's speaking to us of the all we should also have for one another in terms of the bride of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, he's speaking to us about unity. You know, unity is very important. He's, he's, it's almost like he's saying, stop all these clicks and the infighting. Stop bad-mouthing people. Why are you bad-mouthing people? What glory is there in it for the kingdom of God if we badmouth one another? Amen? You know, he's saying you're ruining your witness when you do that. You ruin your witness when you don't have unity, when you don't have like-mindedness, when you don't put your prejudices aside. Right? We don't, want, we don't want to be those kind of people who ruin our witness, you know? We are meant to become more like Jesus, as I said. And I, I cannot picture Jesus walking on the earth every day complaining, Lord, Father God, why did you send me down here? These people are impossible. I can't take it anymore. I'm going off my head. Complaining and moaning. No, he knew his mission. Amen. And when we work out our salvation with fear and trembling and we begin to obey what the Word of God says, we too will know our mission, won't we? And when we grumble and dispute, we look like everybody else. Do we want to be that? Do we not want to be sanctified, set apart for functionality that pleases the maker? Amen. Isn't that so important? 
You know, and there are fun aspects about church, as you'll see tonight. And can I have some people of all backgrounds at the after party for a change? <laughs> My point is, there's fun. There's, there's fun in church. We have our fun. We're going to have it tonight. But the main aim is to be unified for the cause of Christ. You know, I've been asking the Lord to show me how I can shine like a star outside of church. Because actually, this is where we get our practice. Yeah? And then outside with our neighbors and people in a supermarket. So I had a beautiful opportunity yesterday. We've had builders next door um, for about three weeks now. And the night before, they were particularly loud. So what happens is they're chipping the wall, the plaster of the wall. Would you like that sound while you're preparing for sisters? Okay. I, I, I took it on the chin and I thought, well, that's it. I just, Lord, give me the concentration. And, but then suddenly the night before, just before closing time for them to go home, they started shouting at the top of their voices. And that I thought, well, I, like they say in the Cape, I hoe me in. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I was hoeing me in and kept my mouth shut and didn't want to go out like this wild senior citizen <laughs> woman with a wooden spoon in my hand or whatever. So the next day, I thought, well, and the next day I prayed about it, and I thought, let me just now trust that this is not going to happen. And then as the day went on, it was perfect, and then suddenly one of them started again. And I thought, before that happens, what do I do, Lord? I need to go next door, and I need to shine like a star, okay? <laughs> so as I go downstairs, I remember there's a liter of Coke. We don't drink Coke, but we have it for when we get contractors to our home or whatever, and I grabbed four cups. I thought, I think it might be four, but it sounds like 50 next door, but anyway, <laughs> I haven't got 50 cups, I've got four cups, so, but then as I go, I also remember that one of them, the foreman spoke to Pastor Andre and said, I know you from life by design, so then I had to really shine like a star when I went there. <laughs> so then I came around the corner, and I'm interested in renovations and stuff like that, so the Holy Spirit helped me here. He enabled me. And so I said, hi, guys. Wow, this is a massive job, hey? And I see you halfway already. And in my mind, I'm saying, you're only halfway. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then they, they're not even taking any notice of me. All they can see is this Coke in my hand, you know. So I said, I brought you guys a little something. How many are you? We are four. So I thought, I heard God. Dad, I'm sorry, but what else can I say? And then I said, I brought you little some refreshments, but I want to ask you a favor. And then the foreman says, we'll be making too much noise. <laughs> so I said, yeah, you were a little bit loud yesterday, um, but if you don't mind, and then I just switched it around again, and I said, man, you guys are amazing. I should get your card. I should get your card because sometimes we've got building to do at the church and fixing. And I just somehow had the ability to not lose my cool. And I'm not blowing my trumpet. I'm just trying to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Because I have to stay close to the Lord and I have to say, Lord, help me to be the star that I've been praying for you to help me to be. Then the other thing, 
On Tuesday, I had a scope done. My favorite thing in all the world, especially the day before when you take all that prep stuff to get you prepped for this thing. But can I just say, do it when it's your turn to go, please. It can save your life. Now, so I've got a great gastroenterologist. I've been to him since 2009, and he's really loved. He's got a beautiful way about him. And then, you know, afterwards, you, they do what they have to do. Then you go to the rooms, and then he'll tell you the outcome. By God's grace, everything's fine. But as I got up, I remembered something, and I said, you know what, um, doctor, when I came to you in 2009, I prayed for you. I just had the boldness. You know, none of this, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior stuff? It was just like, I prayed for you. And he sort of put his hands together like this, and he said, yes. And I said, because I remember you told me you were going in for a major back up. And then he said, which was very successful. And then he said this, it was music to my ears. Now I know why. <laughs> I'm in, I'm good as God, right? Right, three things about how to shine like stars. Number one, we unite beautifully around the gospel message. When we unite, it's always around the cause of Christ, the good news, amen, and the gospel message. Let's not get distracted by the wrong things. Let's bring it in again for what it is all about. No complaining, no gossiping, no arguing. We work things out quickly and in a mature and godly way. That is why when we have communion, we've got to sort things out with each other. Why don't we just live at peace at all times and fix things very, very quickly, amen? Number two, we in we imitate Christ by living together in harmony. So determine by the power of the Holy Spirit to encourage, comfort, celebrate, and love one another so that God will be exalted. So I'm going to read to you from my pretty pink Bible that I bought from the resource center the other day. It's like shoes. I can't help myself. I have to have a Bible almost every year. Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It's speaking here of Aaron being the priest, but we are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are a people belonging to God, amen? And when we dwell together in unity and we live together in harmony, it's the same thing, an anointing comes. And it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Short, short, short psalm but so powerful, so punching, life forevermore. Life not only in eternity, abundant life right here, right now. Amen. And then thirdly, in our obedience to God, we will become stars. In our obedience to God. We will point people in the right direction. Amen. Like it says in Daniel, we will shine like stars when we point people to righteousness, right? 
And you know, um, as Christians, we are visible to the world and it's very important our attitude and how we hold on to the truth of the word of God. Now, I'm gonna have a moment where I'm gonna speak to you as a mother and I don't wanna hear you say, uh-oh. Because I do have a Titus II mandate as an older woman, as many older women have, to show and teach the younger women how to live. And, you know, I want to say that I want to point something out that is important, especially in today's age among women. And um, let me just cut to the chase. We had a pastor's wife who, when we were first born again, now, we come from the hippie era, so everything was see-through. Everything, like, there were see-through blouses. With, we didn't wear bras in those days, so it's just how it was. <laughs> Sorry, boys who are watching. This is a girls' meeting, so just, you know, suck it up. <laughs> but this pastor's wife said, cleavage is a no-no. Okay, a great hush fell upon us. I wish you could have been there. So what I'm gonna to do tonight, I'm not gonna tell you what to do. I'm just gonna guide in you as a leader because I want you to be a good witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? So I learned as a young woman about modesty and you know, it applied to me. It applied to me as a young woman with a body to die for. I'm being very cheeky tonight. <laughs> it applied to me in my 20s, in my 30s, in my 40s. Now, you'll notice tonight I've got quite a... <laughs> Have you seen me like this before? Okay, all right. Just saying. Paul is not saying, I want you to be all drab. I want you to, to be all like ungroomed, like, look like wild women coming out of caves. He's not, he's not actually saying that, right? That's not what he's saying. He's just, he's just pointing out to us that as, women, as God's women, who are stars, we are stars pointing to the one. We are stars not pointing to something else, amen? If you want to witness and you've got yourself exposed, you're not gonna be a witness. And I just wanna remind us all that when Adam and Eve sinned, he covered their nakedness for a purpose and for a reason. And I wanna encourage us, I don't wanna make anyone, I'm so grateful to God, I'm speaking on a coldish day where everybody's covered. <laughs> Because my heart has never been to make anyone feel bad or to, to injure or hurt or demean or to, to, you know, to stab at someone. It never is my heart. I just want to say, if we want to shine as stars in the universe, let's use wisdom, amen? 1 Corinthians 10, 24, 23, 24, it says, all things are lawful for me. All things are lawful. If I wanna, I can walk naked down the street. It's lawful for me if my conscience is okay with it. But not all things are helpful. 
All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. And then he said again in Timothy, I want women to be modest in their appearance. Did Paul hate women? Okay. Thank you, Minda. Bless you. Older woman of God as you lead the charge tonight. Listen, you know, God spoke uh, to, to Paul by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and this is the word of God. I want women to be modest in their appearance, okay? Let's by all means beautify ourselves, and especially for God, right? And ultimately, if we want to shine like stars, we need to bear in mind that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, and we are called upon to be vessels of honor. And so be gentle with your daughters and your nieces as you guide them. When they want to let it all hang out, remind them. Just remind them. It's lawful. It's lawful. And we don't have a legalistic approach. We don't have that approach at all. But you want to guide people to be a good witness for the Lord Jesus and bring honor to his name. Amen. My fifth and last point is leaders labor to see you shine like stars. So the last verse that I'll read at the very end, Paul is actually saying something along the lines of, you know what, if you hold out the word of God and, and hold on to it and you know, I'm going to look at my life and I'm going to say, I didn't run this race in vain because you are shining like stars and my work was not in vain. So Paul loves the church enough to say some difficult things just as much as I just did for you. Real love must be tough, but sometimes real love needs to be even tougher to say this, the tough stuff because People can reject leaders when they speak the truth. It's got to be done in love. Amen? And I want to give a shout out to all the pastors and leaders, all our team and all churches, all churches in the entire world who labor to this end to see women and men shine like stars in the universe by guiding them to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? To do what is right, to be obedient to the word of God. Amen? You know, before Jesus left, he said that we must make disciples of all people, disciples, disciplined ones. Now, you know, we as a church, we love our altar call. Boy, we've got it up there. Do not move during the altar call. Uh, why? Because people's eternity is at stake. But we're not just a church. We want to bring people to the altar call. We've got to take them beyond We've got to take them to a place where they work out their salvation with fear and trembling, amen, and becoming disciples. Uh, and so sometimes, even as we say the tough stuff, if it's done in love, and I trust that you feel that I've done what I've said in love tonight, that you will know it is for the good of you and for the good of the kingdom of God, amen. And dare I say, like Paul, Pastor Andre and I, we laid our lives down to see you shine like stars. I'm not boasting. I'm, I'm telling you as it is. We ran a very successful business in Cape Town, and we had two stores, and it was just getting at the peak 
of running our business and living very well in a very good suburb in Cape Town, driving very nice cars. We laid it all down for the cause of Christ to see people get saved. We didn't know yet who we're going to meet and encounter in our future, but like Paul, he laid everything down. And we didn't do that to get flash cars and flash clothes and flash, we had that. That was never our aim. If God gave us something in our future, it was decades later. Amen? And I want to say my aim and Pastor Andre's aim as he comes up tonight is to watch you become all that God intended for you to be. Not just successful in this life. Not just successful in business. Not just successful in your marriage but successful for the kingdom of God, pointing people to Jesus. And I'm going to just leave this verse with you, Philippians 2.16, NLT. It says, hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. Amen. That is our heart. We want to see you. Shine like stars in the universe. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and inspired by this ministry. 